0: We're fasting, and uh, we're in a series right now called First Fruits. And uh, really, this uh, concept of First Fruits uh, is all over the Old Testament, and mostly it deals with uh, finances. In the New Testament, it deals with finances and Jesus, and First Fruits is everywhere in the New Testament, really, but it's a bigger subject. Uh, But when we talk about First Fruits, we're talking about starting a year and making sure that God is first. Uh, I take Jesus' commandment uh, seriously when he said to love me with all of his heart, soul, Uh, all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I want that to be the highest priority of my life. I want to make sure that I love Jesus with everything. I think He's the best thing in me, and uh, what is awesome about fasting... Is it is um, I I honestly in my life there is there is nothing that I enjoy outside of my family uh, is more than food, and so giving up things you love makes room for more of things that you love more. Uh, Some I always we love the phrase here at church: we give up things we love for things we love more. And uh, and so because I love food, I want to love Jesus more than I love food. And I've been realizing recently just how hungry for God I really am, and it's been awesome Uh, as your pastor. I believe it's your call of God to love Jesus more than anything in this world. And so I would challenge you this week to join us in any way, shape, or form. There's nothing that you, won't, that you can't sacrifice in your life that, that God wouldn't uh, totally take and, and, and enjoy. But I would encourage you to make it something that, that, that costs. Uh, I was watching a movie just last week of some people that made a sacrifice for a king, and it wasn't an honorable gift. And I'm just thinking in my life, it's, he's the king of kings. I want my life to count. I want this offering to be something that pleases him and moves his heart. Does that make sense? So anyways, today uh, we're going to get started. This sermon, I am 100% positive, can change a lot of people's life here in this room. Uh, this is not something that I generally uh, pick to talk about. And so when God uh, points me to talk to you about this, I take it pretty seriously can you all stand to your feet? I'm going to pray a prayer over you that we're going to close with. Uh, but this is um, uh, John, uh, the, the beloved, John, uh, the closest disciple to Jesus, John, uh, the revelator. Uh, he was on the island of Patmos and, 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 and seen Jesus reincarnated, saw heaven. Uh, this is John writing uh, to the believers. And he says this, I pray this over you this morning, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers beloved i pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health even as your soul prospers i pray that over you this morning in the name of jesus amen y'all can have a seat awesome man what a cool powerful reality and as someone who loves my church I pray that over y'all. I want to see nothing more than for you to prosper in your soul. And I think that's the ultimate goal as I read this book. He's actually talking about the most important thing that happens in your life is that this is going well. One of the main visions of our church is that we know God and then we find freedom. I want to see you healthy on the innermost part of you. And uh, one of the ways I believe that many people uh, find health is when they are prospering. Uh, Let me re-say it. One of the greatest ways for people to freak out and have fear in their life is when when you're not prospering. Uh, When there's financial hardship in your life, there is worry, there is fear, there is doubt, there is overwhelming chaos. And I pray that you would prosper and you would be healthy, most important that your soul would do well. So I want to deal with some of these things today. We're talking about finances and the concept of first fruits. How do you honor God first with your life? I want to make sure you understand when we talk about finances, we value generosity as a church. This is not something we blow smoke about. With my life, I value value generosity. I think the Lord, I have found one of the ways to move God's heart is through generosity. Prove it to me, pastor. You value it. Watch. If you ever see a kid give up their favorite anything for another kid, oh, it's wonderful when you see a child generous. It moves your heart. It moves the Lord's heart when he sees generosity in you. Mother Teresa would say this, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. I love that. It was Anne Frank that said, no one has ever become poor by giving. Ooh, that's a wonderful thought. Spoken by someone who had close to nothing. Uh, For it is by giving that we truly receive, said St. Francis of Assisi. And I think it was that guy, uh, his name is Jesus, who said, uh, it is better to give than it is to receive. Yet, it is so difficult sometimes to let go of money. Why is it that we have a hard time letting go? I'm going to try to get to the root of some of these things that really grab our hearts. But if in your life, if you want to love God with everything, if you want to experience God, I believe one of the greatest and most important things that we will do is to put God first in our life. And first, I mean in the arena Of your money. I'm gonna get there. This is a wonderful Proverb, chapter 3, verse 9 through 10, and it says this way Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. How do you honor the Lord with your possessions? Will you leave that up there? How do you honor the Lord with your possessions? What does that look like for you to use the resources that God gave you to honor God? And the second thing it says, it says, with you, the first fruits of all your increase. Man, that's cool. Listen, this is, this is a biblical scenario. The scripture is how we know God. Let me make sure you understand. We don't know how to approach God on our own. So I'm thankful for the wisdom that you have King of Kings. But your wisdom is not helping you draw closer to the king of kings. And so what the scripture is saying, if you honor the Lord with your, with, 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 your, with your possessions and the first fruit of all your increase, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Let me just say it this way. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that I have honored the Lord with my possessions. I am so thankful that the Lord showed me long ago to make sure that I love the Lord first before I love money that the love of money is not in me. I'm not trying to get more money. I'm trying to draw closer to the Lord. Check this out. And I want you to know that I was thinking this today about the promise being fulfilled in my life that, that my barn is definitely overflowing. I have a garage with so much crap in it, you know, and I'm like, where am I going to put more stuff? Anyone else? Uh, my barn is overflowing. I don't know if you have a barn, but my barn is my garage, right? Camper in there and all kinds of stuff sitting on top of the camper. And then, and then I don't know what it looks like for my vats to overflow with new wine but I'd like to see what that looks like. <laughs> that a bad joke, okay. Well, new wine coming out of my vats. Is that like out of my AC unit? Follow it. Okay, yeah. Um, church, will God do what he says he will do? That, that's my question. Before you do what you do, I want you to know, before we do anything, we don't take offerings in our church, Okay. And we're doing very well financially. I, I praise God. I mean, really, we've never done as well as we are financially as a church. And it's been really cool. It's cool when you see generosity because it, it, it brings faith to other people. And my faith has grown because of the level of generosity in our church. But I do believe that there are some here that love God. But what happens when God is not involved in our finances is our love for God becomes very inconsistent. It, 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 it's emotional. It's emotional. But when you choose God first in the arena of finances, it forces you to make sure that you are putting, like, I want to see the kingdom of God move in my life. Jesus would say it this way, uh, 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 don't store your treasures up in this world, but store them up in heaven. And when I'm giving and when I'm sowing into the kingdom and God's first in my life, that my treasures is, is in heaven. I want to make sure that I'm building heaven before I'm building my own kingdom and I'm doing my own stuff. Hmm. I promise this is going to change somebody's life in the way that you experience God. It's literally changed my life. Will God do what He says He's going to do? If the scripture says, if you honor Him with your first fruits, then you will overflow, will He do that? And I just want you to know, as everything that I've experienced in my relationship with God, He always does what He says. He's gonna do. I just have to always do what I said I was gonna do. And when I came to the Lord and I said, Lord, you can have my life, that meant everything in it. And I take that pretty serious. Let me read you a passage of scripture that I think is important about your finances. Whether we realize it or not, we love money. Money is a big deal in our life. What would you do if you had no money? You would. Want more money. And I want you to know there's never an amount of money that is is going to meet the amount of like what you want. Inside all of us is like this evil desire that we always want more. We always feel like we need more. And the world now with social media is always going to feel like you don't have what everyone else has and you need to have more. But what I love is that I recognize that that is actually not true when the kingdom is priority in my life, I recognize how rich I actually am. Now, there's a powerful passage in the book of Malachi. I'm going to read to you really quick, and we're going to move on. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey me. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you're asking... How can we return when we've never gone away? That's crucial because the father is having a conversation with his beloved and the people are going, I love you, God. I never left you. I've always loved you. And he's going, no, 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 no. Your heart has left me. You got to get this. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me, he asked. What do you mean? We've never cheated you, uh, but you have cheated me with the tithes and the offerings, tithes and the offerings, different things that are due to me. He says, you're under a curse and your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes. I was talking with a friend this week and they said that the scripture doesn't say bring your tithe. He says, bring the tithe. Uh, you, you, bring, 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 bring the tithe, Jack. Okay, I like that. It's not yours, it's his and he wants it back into the storehouse so there will be enough food in the temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Now I, I take that seriously. Listen to what he's saying. He's saying, I want you to do something and then I'm going to do something. If you do this, I will do this. Now, it's crucial for you to understand this point. Giving money does not make you a Christian. You do not need to do anything to become a believer, but believe in Jesus Christ. I, I think that it's so important for you to understand that. You cannot earn your salvation by giving $5 or $10 million. Jesus paid it all. However, there are kingdom principles of sowing and reaping in every arena of our life. In relationships, in money, In prayer, in fasting, in reading the word. How are you going to know God if you don't sow into the word of God? In everything in your life that you have become born again in. When you gave your life to Jesus, the kingdom operates different than this world operates in. And you're going to have to understand how to live now in the spirit, which is in faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so I want to show you one of the greatest ways to fall in love with Jesus is to learn how to trust him. One of the greatest ways I fell in love with my wife was learning how to trust in her wisdom beyond my own, her opinion over my own. One of the greatest ways to to, to grow in a connect group is learning to trust people, learning to open your heart and be vulnerable. One of the greatest ways to learn how to fall in love with the King of Kings is to trust God where it hurts You don't need to do this. You want to do this because you want the blessing that he said he would do. So let's ask ourselves, is God a liar? Or is he capable of doing what he said he's going to do? More importantly, Jesus said, my father always gives good gifts. If a son asks for a loaf of bread, would he he give him a snake? No. He's always going to give good gifts because that's the heart of the father. It's our hearts. We want our kids to have great Christmas, great birthdays, great memories, great times. The Father wants great things, but when your heart wants money, that's what the Father's saying. You don't love me anymore. You love your own kingdom. And America prioritizes money. I used to be afraid to talk about money in church and then it occurred to me, There is not anything that's happening at any moment in time in your life where this world is not asking for your money. Facebook, they're sending you commercials. Amazon, they're sending you commercials. They're strategically trying to go after your money. The greatest way to protect your money is to put it first in the kingdom. I have to keep going, I'm sorry. He said that I will open the windows of heaven and I just choose to say, God, either, either you are who you say you are or you're not. If you're not, then let's just stop doing all this. So I want to figure this thing out real quick. I can't believe you just said that, Pastor. I just believe God's faithful. Now this is what the Lord says. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. That's thinking awesome. Awesome. That, that's awesome. I, I love it when someone says, test me, try me. So I, I've heard people say like, like I, I, I triple dog dare you. It's the biggest, it's the biggest dare I could possibly give you. Try it for three months. Put God first in your life and see if you aren't radically in love with him. And if he is not blessing your socks off, put God first, first, first. Why am I saying all this? Cause we're fasting right now. And I'm emptying my heart of everything else that I loved. And I'm realizing that when I give, I am rich and I have so much more. And God is blessing me in my life. He's blessing me in my life. He's blessing me in my life. And I want you to know that God is not after your money. He doesn't need your money. Your church, thank God, doesn't need your money in this season. The church wants you to be in love with Jesus. Jesus. And when you see God's faithfulness, you'll be blown away at what God's capable of. He's after your heart. He wants your affection. We're just scared to let go. But I want you to know, when we, when we fell in love with the Lord, we're, we, we, we let our lives go. We're not going to serve the Lord in fear. We're going to serve the Lord in love. He, he's, 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 he is a husband. He's a bridegroom. He wants to reveal his faithfulness and his generosity and his provision. What I've learned about trusting God is that one, the first thing that happens is I fall more in love with him and I need him. The second thing is I find faith. I realize when I'm giving that God's meeting my needs. I learn he loves me and he cares about me. And the second thing that I learn through giving in my own life, is that he can do anything. And then that begins to overflow in every other arena of my life. When I'm giving and I'm realizing that he can do anything and he loves me. And then when you come into my life with a problem, I've learned two crucial points that I need to know to live in Christ Jesus. He loves me and there's nothing he can't do. Yeah. I want to say this real quick before I go, oh my goodness. Trust the Lord, not your money, not your wisdom. Don't trust your wisdom, trust the Lord. Don't, Brian, would you come? Trust the Lord, not your own wisdom. Don't trust your money, trust the Lord. Check this out. Brian, um, he's, uh, he's one of our board members now. And uh, this, uh, I, I don't want to blow his spot. Um, I don't know what he's going to say. But uh, this is unscripted. Um, but Brian has asked a few times if we ever want a testimony. And uh, because he's a board member, I want you to meet him. He's on our financial board, and this dude is legit. All
1: right, well, first of all, Lord help, because I get nervous with this. Um, But when Tim asked me to come up here and speak about this, I knew I had to, because my life has changed dramatically from this. Uh, I've always grown up in church. I've always felt that I had a strong faith, but I've always been a very conservative person, very cautious, and I'm I'm a money guy. and work and everything. I handle finances, all kinds of numbers, that kind of stuff, so I'm always very, very careful. Um, but I never realized how much of a hold I actually had on my own things versus giving it to God. Um, we, Courtney and I, bless her heart, um, we've moved all over the country, back and forth, changed jobs at all kinds of things. But one of the best things that have ever happened to us is coming to the way. Tim doesn't talk about tithing a whole lot, but we came, um, we had a message on tithing. Courtney and I went home and we talked about it. And I had not actually tithed in quite a while. I'd always, and I grew up Catholic, I put money in the offering plate. Um, I felt like I was always trying to be a good person, I thought I was on the right path, doing the right things. But my life changed dramatically the first time I came to the way and I tithed. Um, that week, um, I tithed on Sunday, that week I had applied for a job the week prior, but that week I got word that I actually got the job. Um, the job I started had a dramatic pay increase. And then honestly, over the past two years, the company that I've been helped run is, has doubled in size and it has blessed me tremendously. And by no means do I see that as a, a coincidence. God has blessed me. I've, my salary has probably tripled since I started tithing. And it's not about the money. Um, as much as, as proud as I am to hear that and say that I'm progressing, and I've been given crazy job opportunities um, since I've done that. I've learned so much that it's just not about the money. It's about the relationship, yeah. and it's about putting your heart there. Yeah. I've just been so blessed, and as it's in so many other areas outside of work, my life has changed dramatically, and, and I couldn't be more proud to have taken that leap of faith and to really trust him because he has blessed me and my wife and my family dramatically. So if if you hear anything, please hear that it's not about the money. The act itself is is really just giving your heart. So... In some ways, it may not be money. It may be time and attention. But just, uh, yeah, grow your relationship with him. Give everything to him. and I mean, I can say from experience, it'll change your life. That's awesome. Um,
0: I'm not going to tell you that it doesn't mean that you won't have hardship in your your life when you start giving. Um, But I would say that with everything. Every time I've taken a step of faith in any arena of my life, the devil has met me there and tried to tell me that I'm, this is a mistake and you should not do it. And the first time that I moved uh, for the kingdom and I, I left my home in Pennsylvania and came to Florida, that two days I lived in Florida and I was in a car accident and totaled my car and it was like, go home. And Emily's always gonna try to come at you and I'm telling you, just lean in, double down. Always, always bet on God. Always bet on God in your life. Bet on his love for you. If Jesus would go to the cross for you, what would he not do for you? And you know what's so wonderful about Brian and, and like his testimony? I, he I, has he not say this, but what I've learned about people that tithe is after they learn how biblical this is because of how they've met God in it, you couldn't pay Brian not to tithe. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. A- any tithers in the room agree with that? Yeah. Like there's no way in my life that I'm ever, you, you hit your head if you think that I'm, this isn't going to the Lord first. Like I want this thing blessed. Press down, shake together, run whatever else you wanna call it, you know? Uh, cool. Okay. I told myself I would do a cheesy illustration for you, and so here I go. Cheesy illustration. Y'all ready for a cheesy illustration? It's actually not cheesy, it's kind of apple y. <laughs> yeah, you see what I did there? Um, if this is my life, I want you to know that, like, we, we will work 40, 50, 60 hours for money. We will sleep some 70 hours in a week. Um, we're only a lot awake and not at work trying to make money so much in our life. So much of our life is based around money. So, when you want your heart to love God, obey Him by putting the Lord first in the things that matter most. And so, when we say, God, I love you more than anything, but He's not first, He gets leftovers in every arena of our lives. And it's awful when you realize that God got the leftovers in your marriage or God got the leftovers with your kids. Years later, there is so much regret, but I've never regretted giving to the Lord in my life. So let me show you. Uh, they say, it, for most of us, our, um, we give a third of our money to rent or to our mortgage every month. Does everyone believe that this is accurate? Or some financial people that would say that that's that's probably it's probably accurate, right? So we're gonna yeah, this is gonna work out great. <laughs> All right, and so um and so probably the next thing that we know we've got to do after that is pay the light bill, which if you live in Lakeland, it's awful. Uh, I I turned the water sprinklers on last week and it was uh, I regretted it. I'm like, why did I feed the grass? Um and so uh. Now, uh, you have to have uh, home insurance, or but let's say the probably next most important thing before we even eat is we're going to pay that car. And most car payments are over. The average car payment in Lakeland, Florida is $400. Average. This is just average. And so I don't know what that's going to be on your pie chart, right? But we're going we're to go there, and we're going we're to do that. And then, uh, and then you got to have insurance for your car. Well, we, we, we ain't eaten yet, man. We, I, if I know anything about Americans, especially in Polk County, we like um, our phones to be on. And the average phone payment in Polk County is $200. Average. What, like, if you want unlimited anything, it's going to start at 100 Then you throw that smartphone on there, that's like $85 a month now. How they figure that one out, right? And so, and we haven't eaten yet. We haven't done anything yet. And so uh, I just, I, I know that, like, we're, we're going to eat out. We're like, we, like, we like that Starbucks coffee. Dear Lord, how much of that Starbucks is going to get in there, right? But uh, we love stopping at the gas station and getting a refreshment. We love to eat. And uh, Teresa tells me, well, we pay to feed our children. And I'm like, you know what? They can starve next month. Like, <laughs> that is, they don't eat half the crap, them little ungrateful kids, that, you know. And so, uh, and so what I know is that if you're not careful, let's say that that's your food budget, God gets... The leftovers in our life. And, and, and that's, now we, 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 don't, we don't have money left in the bank account. And I, I have seen from my own life, often people without a plan end up without a plan. And God gets the leftovers. We're the first ones to wonder, God, why I didn't get the raise? Why I did not get promoted? Why you're not blessing me? What's going on in my finances? Because you didn't start by putting God as the foundation. So it's easy to give blame to God when the finances are not there. But when we didn't obey him first, I'm just saying, in my life, the Lord gets the first piece. Oftentimes, he gets the second and the third. We don't give 10% in our family. We haven't given 10% since I've been married to my wife. Oftentimes, when I look back over the course of the year, we gave how much? That's that's stinking awesome, you know? I'm proud of what we've been able to give uh, to the Lord and for his kingdom. And I'm most proud of the fact that I know, that I know that I know that when I die, I am building the kingdom. I'm sowing into eternity. I'm sowing into souls. I'm sowing to make sure that the next generation will hear the gospel, that there is a church left behind. There are some people that love God and you don't tithe and that's fine. But I want you to know that these lights don't turn themselves on. The reason why we have a church is because faithful people said, I will put God first in my life and we will make a way for the next generation to be able to come and hear the gospel. There are unbelievers that will come and they will be able to sit in the presence of God because some people said, I want my pastor to be able to concentrate on on church. We're paid full time now to be here. This is awesome. This is not something we've done for eight years. We weren't here full time. You know what I mean? Like, I'm thankful that the church has a vision because some people said, I will give to the Lord to make sure that there's a future. If you want to hear more about that, you can come to the town hall meeting. That happens. <laughs> cool. All right. I have to go quickly because I, I wanted this uh, to be short. And uh, when have I ever given a short message in my life? Uh, I'm fasting and I'm hungry for God. But here's what I want you to know. Is like, like, honestly, in my heart of hearts, I'm not... Uh, I, I'm probably most like, I don't mean it like this. Some of you don't know me yet, but I think of myself often as a bad pastor, but a great follower of Jesus. Like I, like I, I, I never signed up to say, I want to be a pastor. I want to be a great lead. I want to be a lead pastor, a senior. And that's actually, can, I, can we just call me senior, Pastor Tim moving forward? <laughs> uh, but what I want to be is someone that loves God more than I love my wife. I want to be someone that loves God more than I love my children, more than I love uh, friends and fun and all the other stuff. Uh, I want to be a follower of Jesus, and I'm telling you, when you invite Christ first into something that matters most to you, especially when you put God into scary situations, so if it's hard for you to believe for this, you'll have a greater harvest. I wanted to tell you today about the passage in the book of John chapter 6, but for the sake of time, I won't, but it's about the little boy that had two uh, fish and five loaves of bread and offered everything he had to Jesus. And, and more than 5,000 families were fed and heard the gospel because one little kid gave it all. Yeah. Nothing you give to Christ will ever be in vain. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart. But I, when I became born again and I gave Christ my life, I decided now that whatever the scripture says, I was gonna try to build my life around that. So I want to remind you that if you're a Christian, the scripture will contradict worldly wisdom. It will contradict what the world is telling you is safe and it is true. And, And Christianity is not safe. American Christianity is pretty safe. But you look at what happened in scripture to believers and what happens to believers around the world, And it's going to cost you something to actually follow Jesus. I want to make sure you know that we believe with all of our heart that salvation is free. Discipleship will cost you everything. If you want to look like Jesus, it's going to cost you something. All right. Now, I I, I want you to know we value generosity. And this is not just like like an Old Testament thing. It is 100% a New Testament thing. And I'm going to show you as quickly as I can in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, Paul would write whole chapters about finances. And so for some of you, you love God, but you have not invited him into this arena of your life. And I'm telling you, if the first fruit of your year, if there's one thing you can do that would change the directory of the course, man, you know what? Let me say it differently. I'm a father. I want my kids to love God. And you know where I believe before I kick them out of the house, I want to teach them how to love God first in their money. When they love God, when you teach a kid to put God first in their finances, they will never stray from Christ. They will always make sure, I got a tithe. I got I to I give to the Lord first. And it will bless their stinking socks off. Teach your kids what you're afraid of. Show them how hard of it is of a sacrifice to give what you give for Jesus. Do it in front of them. Show them it. Let them see what it looks like to love God. Otherwise, you'll just teach them a safe version of something that just looks easy, and when hardship comes, there. Okay, I have to keep going. All right, yeah, praise the Lord. Here we go. Second Corinthians chapter nine. Can you take me there, Brian? Yeah. This is this is all about finances. He says this. Um, I'll just re- yeah. I'll just read it off the thing. Remember this: a father who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But one who plants generously will get a generous crop. He is talking literally about money. You must decide, you must decide, your pastor can't do this for you, how much you are going to give. If you don't give reluctantly, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, that's why I don't pass a plate. I don't want you to feel this every, oh crap, you got to put, hurry up, kid, put something in there, here's a dollar, you know, like I just, it's not worthy. I don't, we don't need tips. I just want you to give what's in your heart. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure because you're already born again if you believe in Jesus. There's no pressure. But if you want to love him with everything, for God loves someone who gives cheerfully, like, just like I love it when my kids give my son is here, or I would, I would tell you a story about him and how much he gives. But I don't like to talk about people uh, in front of their face. I like to do it behind their back. <laughs> but I am so proud of my children when they give. I'm so proud. Um, and, uh, and, and so God will generously... Listen, he says that this is so cool in verse 8. It's so cool, man. You, he loves a cheerful giver, and God will generously provide all you need, all you need, all you need. He will provide all you need. You know what I love about the whole foundation of our faith from the Old Testament is when Abraham was willing to offer his son Isaac on the altar, on the mountain of God will provide. The foundation of our faith is that God's gonna provide. That is what we believe Put your money where your mouth is, literally. Try it, and you'll fall so in love with God and realizing he's been in love with you the whole time. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. And as the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Stop there. Let me go back to nine. I didn't know what that was. Yesterday, I decided to find that, chap, that verse. In where, where He's quoting as the scripture says. He's using the scripture to make a point. So I'm using a scripture to make a point. What I love about, so I looked up that verse. Read Psalm 112 later. 112. Say 112. 112. Say 112. 112. We're all fasting and feasting on God's word right now. Check that out and it, you'll love it. Talks about those that fear God and give generously and the reward that God, oh man, it's stinking awesome. They share freely and they give. So for God is, yeah, 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 verse 10, I'm sorry. So, 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 so for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and bread to eat. And in the same way, he will provide. I just gotta tell you that. Either he is who he said he is or he's not. Let's not stop and and increase your resources and produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Stop there. The harvest that he wants to produce is generosity in you. He wants to make you a generous person that's not afraid to let go. I don't need this as much as I want you to have it. He wants to produce a harvest of generosity in you. I got to say this again and again and again and again because we value generosity. You value generosity oftentimes we teach our kids stuff that we don't live ourselves though and we've got to get this right because if we value it in others if we value it in our church you want to be a part of a church that's given to other people you got to help me in this because the lord's looking to see this come through you yeah. he'll produce a great harvest of generosity in you check this out it's this the last part verse 11 yes you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous that's the hope Jesus, if you're generous, check this out. What God wants you to become is the light of the world. Yeah. He don't want you to be the light of the world if you're a stingy, stinking butt. <laughs> hey, you love generous. How many of you like hanging out with people that are generous? Hey, I- I'll get this check. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love going to lunch with you. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, he lo- you love being around generous people. So does the world. And when they see generosity in someone, someone that's not afraid to give and sow, they want to be around you. Some people will hate your guts, but like you more when you bring dinner or or bring lunch to work. Pizza's on you today? Well, I like you a little bit more than I did yesterday. God wants you to be generous so that he can show why. Because God so loved the world that he gave. And so when you're learning generosity, you're learning to be like him. That's good preaching right there. And then the things that you give to others, you know what's so wonderful? When you give to someone else, the first thing that they do is thank God. And I promise, it's like there's no atheist on their deathbed. There's no one that's in need that doesn't instantly thank God when a miracle happens in their life. I've seen God heal cancer. I've seen God, uh, I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen salvations. I've seen marriages healed. But it never gets old. The thousands of times I've seen God come through and provide. You just know that you know that you know that God cares. And he wants to do it first in you and then through you. But he's got to get you to stop being afraid that he can't provide for you or that he doesn't want to he's got to get your heart off of money and onto him and so we're fasting right now and there's something about the American church that's convinced ourselves that we can love God any way we want and we don't need to give and I just need you to know that that's not nowhere zero not even close to biblical truth you know where you'll find that kind of gospel online where it's convenient for people to tell you something that you have zero relationship with. Get into people's lives who are in love with God and you'll see generosity in their life and you'll know that's where God lives. Y'all, that's good preaching right there. Okay, this is how we're gonna close. I, I, um, I, 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 I'm in this not to, um, to, to, I'm not in this for like, to have church, I'm in this because when I'm with you guys, I love God more, and, um, and I want you to love God more, and so I'm challenging you to love God with all of your heart, not 10%. So let's just stop. God is not requiring 10% of you. That's not biblical. So let me tell you what is biblical. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross daily, and then come follow me. It's cool to know that when you go to work tomorrow, some of you, that hour of work is simply just for Jesus. You're not going to pay bills. You're not going to fulfill a task of someone else. You're working for the king. I love that. Jesus said in that same passage in Luke chapter 14 that if you're not willing to give up everything that you have, then you're not worthy to be my disciple. And so what's hard is in this world, friends, we money will not fulfill you. It will not make you better. It will not like it will not bring your dreams to come to pass. As soon as the second you get what you wanted, you're on to wanting something more. You know what will giving Letting go, blessing someone else, being a resource that changes other people's lives. That will fulfill you. So I I can start with all these quotes about how much we believe in generosity. We just gotta do it. Rach, would you come? Hey, guys, um, I think it's really cool that some people here want to love Jesus With all my heart, I'm challenging you. Whether we realize it or not, we care about money. And I just choose to not care about money more than I care about God. When I told my heart that I loved certain things, um, I've given up relationships with people because I loved my wife. I've given up habits because I love my wife. I've given up uh, places that I go or things that I do Because I choose to love something more. When you choose to love Jesus, there's going to be things that you just don't put above the Lord. And I think if you're not careful, money is one of those things because you work so hard to get it that you prioritize your life around it. But the most important thing you do on Monday is not go to work, it's serve Jesus. He has a calling on your life. There's a purpose for your life. There is something that God wants to fulfill in you. You were made with a purpose and for a purpose and to to do great things. If you're not careful, you'll think that going to work tomorrow is for you or to pay your bills. God has a plan for your life.